Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, is mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year with the Stanley Cup champions! This podcast is all over social media, so follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also, the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Hey, Noel, big win over the weekend. I wanted to mention something. I'm, I'm actually keeping track of this. I don't know if you are or not, but now we're actually tied 2-8 and eight for season predictions. So, oh man, that's I just that's I, good. I just pulled next to you there in the last one. We have about the same record as the division. God, <laughs> roughly, roughly one well, game off. Let's stop with the records then, please. <laughs> well, good lord, somebody's got to win. That's true. Why that's can't it true. be me? That's true. But um, there was a game on Sunday, and your Washington football team actually won. Something to be celebrated because I, I don't know if people realize this, but I'm probably sure some do. But putting things in perspective, this was the sixth win in 23 games for your Washington football team. <laughs> so, you know, we should talk about it. We should. Hey, hey we, man, you got to take them when you can. <laughs> God. What a miserable existence. Man, thanks but, for, well, you got some B stats going. You got some uh, uplifting statistics, two and eight in the uh, in our records, the division shit. Six of the last 24. Holy cow, man. We're, we're rolling a roll here. Six of 23. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Have a little respect, though. <laughs> but, well, um, I think there was a lot of positives to take away from this game. So I just wanted to go through a couple things. Unless you wanted to start. You have difficulty finding positives in anything. So I don't know if that's something that you want to start with. No, I can start. I mean, oh, yeah? hey, All right, bra- bravo. Good win, I guess. I mean, a win that they... If they're, the talk is there with Rivera still fighting for a playoff position and all that, isn't this a game that you're supposed to win? I mean, it's like it's like Pop giving you a pat on the back. It's just it's not very common. Good job, Washington. <laughs> they did some good things. They did. They, they ran the ball well. They didn't turn the ball over like you've talked about. And um, they did everything that they were supposed to do on a positive note, on a negative note defensively in the first half they got rolled on and in my humble opinion if Burrow had continued the game I think their offense would have rolled a little bit better the defense finally started to get some pressure on him in the second half in the third quarter that's obvious when his legs snapped in two (laughs) but um (laughs) too too soon soon. yeah I mean not too soon for him he was fucking tweeting on the gurney you see that? They said the oh, tweet, all is well. You can't get rid of me that easy. Yeah. Well, these millennials, man, always have the phone in their hat. Seriously. You've got your leg 
braced, blew out your damn knee, don't know what's going on, and you still have the foresight to decide to pick up your phone. (laughs) See you next year, guys. It'll be good. You know, I'll be dancing on TikTok in no time. Yeah, well, good for him. You know, he's 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 trying no, to stay hey, positive. Stay positive. Yeah, I feel bad yeah. for the guy. I think he I think he can be a hell of a quarterback. And I think in the first half, what I talked about, he was very comfortable. The pass protection was a lot better than we thought that it was going to be. He was getting it to his receivers, and he was picking that defense apart. And it looked like it could potentially be a long day for that defense in the first half. Well, apparently they were playing the bend but don't break defense. Is that and what it was? Every, that's what they said. I mean, okay. they gave up nine points with him in there so it was is that it did what it work. was it did work i mean Matt, you know chase give me a break he, dude. he's lucky to be alive after that chase young hit when he fumbled the ball and then amazingly blew out his knee after that but you're gonna go, you're gonna go with that they were playing the bend but don't break and against a shitty freaking cincinnati team that the everett was, loss that they were worried about <laughs> that was storming down the field every time they had the ball in the first half and that's the reason why they were being successful offensively. I mean, they were keeping everything in front of them. I don't I'm not saying that it was the only reason, but they were. They were giving up quick passes and that's why they couldn't get to him. I mean, they they were throwing the ball very quickly, getting it out of Burrow's hands. Yeah, he was picking them apart. Absolutely. But, you know, nine points is nine points, and that's what they had in the first half. And then, like you said, at the beginning of the second half, they were getting more pressure on Burrow. But that's what I've always been concerned about, putting so much stock in your defensive line. These teams know how to avoid that kind of situation. Yeah, they may not be able to get it down the field, but then it's that, that slow death watching those quick passes over and over and over again. You know, And that's kind of what we were seeing in the first half. But it was concerning, though. I'm not going to lie. It's like, shit. They were running a little bit in the first half. Not much, but they were they were doing enough and getting the ball out of his hands. Yeah, Giovanni Bernard was very well-rounded. He was, he was doing his usual third down back stuff, the scat back, catching balls out of the backfield, but also he was successful running the ball a little bit. I mean, they were, they were well-balanced offensively, and they looked pretty good. Now, when the second half hit, defense came on. They started pressuring Burrow, and then Finley, when he came in, the wheels completely came off. Whatever yeah. offensive remnants they had, even regardless of what momentum the defense was building, I mean, they were just teeing off on this dude. And I'll tell you what the real turning point of the game was. I remember vividly that Chase Young play, not the play that he hit Burrow on that fumble, which was unbelievable. <laughs> it was, it was hey, the play. It, Troy Apke, credit him for that, by the way. No, you, can't credit, turned, you can't credit shit on Troy no, Apke. I'm, no, trust Troy, me. I got stuff to say about him, but go ahead. Yeah, though. but... A couple plays prior to that, when they did the delayed handoff and Chase Young got completely broken and he was Mm -hmm. stuck in no man's land, after that play, he must have taken spinach. He was so pissed off that he got eviscerated on that play that he was a crazed maniac after that. I watched him specifically after that and his eyes completely changed. He was so pissed off at himself and so hard on himself after that play that he got broken on that he just became a maniac, and it was amazing to see. Yeah, I'd like to see more out of that from him, but some positives for me. I thought you, you already kind of gave those, didn't you? No, no, I've, oh, got, I've got quite a oh, few. Oh, you got a few. Yeah, there were. They scored first. <laughs> they did. Which <laughs> Still no opening drive points, though. No, I don't think that'll ever happen, but they were only down by two at halftime. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. Much better than 17 or 20. Yes, absolutely. That is a positive, yes. They won the turnover battle. In a way, kind of tied it. 
which is what I was asking for because the Burrow fumble would have been a turnover on downs anyway, which I'm amazed the Bengals didn't recover that for a touchdown, but regardless, or just got it back for the safety. I mean, what a fucking disastrous play that. What a crazy, wacky play that turned out to be. But <laughs> Only it was, Washington. Yeah, but hey, the refs got it right. They did. I mean, they looked at it back, and I thought for certain there would be some flub on that play, but they got it right. So that yeah. is a positive. And, and like you mentioned, the running game, 164 yards. Antonio Gibson almost had 100. He really had 100. He just he lost some yards after those last two. And keep in mind, even though they got the Bengals, I mean, got crushed in the Steelers game, they uh, only gave up 44 total rushing yards against the Steelers, which is really surprising because you'd think they were actually running the ball in the fourth quarter. Well, because Roethlisberger was passing all over them. No, no, I know that. But I'm saying eventually (laughs) in the fourth quarter when you're getting smoked, you you start to run the ball. I mean, they gave up 2.2 yards per carry in that game. So you take out the three Alex Smith runs. Now you're averaging 5.2 yards a carry. It's pretty good. And yeah, so no, no, they were very successful on the ground. It was it was good to see. It was nice to see that they actually had the ability to do so. Yeah, um, Alex Smith had an Alex Smith game, and and that's okay. You know, he didn't have to throw for 400 yards. He still did almost average 10 yards a, a completion, which is great. You know, those are kind of the, the games usually win. You can run the ball, and the defense is playing well. I mean, at least in the second half, and and holding them down with their points. Um, what about Morgan Moses? Shouldn't he just be the left tackle now? Instead of juggling around left tackles all over the place, why not just put a mainstay at that spot and just have him there? You're absolutely right. He's I, the best I, tackle on the team. And if he can, he's proven that he can play left tackle. That's the yeah. prime spot. Yeah. So why wouldn't you just keep him there? I mean, I really didn't see his name called when he was playing left the, the last two times that he's played left tackle when they put him in in a pinch the previous game. And then now, so hell, why not? It's not hurting anything. Um, the offensive line looked like it played well. It looks like they predominantly like to go to the left side of the line anyway, even when they have Sheriff and Moses on that side. But why have your two dominant linemen? Well, using that word very lightly with <laughs> Moses, but your more established two linemen on one side, spread the wealth out a little bit. And especially with this carousel at the left tackle position, establish it there and just call it a day. Like you said, how important the left tackle spot is, you would think keep him there he never misses a game even though he's injured every single game but he's never, right. but he never misses one so stick with that I mean you can live with a subpar right tackle but as we've seen left tackles hey store. and you know I've got one positive and oh, yeah? and I called his name out the last time we talked about Washington Fabian Moreau I Not asked where's Fabian Moreau at he got his little pick in good for him good for him it was his time, I'm sure, Rivera. He, he's shown something, and, you know, it came to fruition on that play. Tell you what, the cornerbacks, Darby specifically, he broke up some really big passes, bombs in the end zone. Mm-hmm. He was playing well. I'm kind of impressed with Darby a little bit. I didn't, you know, I'm amazed, knock on wood, that he's actually played every game that they've had so far. That was, that was the biggest concern coming in because the job. guy was Good always job, injured. Matt. Well done. Just saying. It's well true. done. No, yeah, I, I think as far he as... He made some big plays, and, and Kendall Fuller too, but... Yeah, no, as far as the D-backs go, I mean, Fuller and, and Darby, I'm confident in them on the field that they're going to make plays. I, I don't think they've had played well every game and consistently, but that's the life of a defensive back. I right. mean, you're going to give up plays. It's just a matter of rebounding and, and moving on to the next one. And I think these guys, and these guys have played some very fast receivers over the last four games. They're no joke. 
And this was another good receiving core that they played. Thank your lucky stars, like I said, that Finley came in. Really, you could see a drastic drop-off, of course. And and rightfully so. I mean, Burroughs played very well, especially as a rookie. And Finley just looked like a complete deer in headlights. I mean, the guy couldn't throw from here to there. And um, it really reared its ugly head. The thing was, though, Finley wasn't that bad last year. He actually was halfway serviceable. I mean, and well, then... Well, not in this game, obviously, but yeah, I mean, I, I think they, they made him. What have bad. you done for me lately? The guy threw for thirty yards, and, <laughs> and he's lucky he threw for that. He but ran for nineteen. <laughs> he did. He had that one scamper for that first down that? on that third and long. Yeah, yeah, he got was... there. Good for him. Good for him. One for but, the good guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he came in. He did what he needed to do, which was nothing. Yeah. Defense played well. Hey, this was a game that Washington had to have, of course, and should have had. These were two teams that were going for a victory that may not come again. And hopefully this is a momentum builder for Washington. But really, Matt, they've got to put up more points, man. They've got to. Um, You are not going to be able to sustain anything. And this defense is not as good as advertised that this this offense can continue to put up these lowbrow numbers um, against bad defenses true but I I think that you can score low if you're not shooting yourself in the foot and they didn't do that in this game there was the one pick from Alex Smith that got tipped but other than that you're not putting the defense in a in a horrific situation as they've done I'm not saying that they can score 20 points every game and win they didn't have to score more points in this game because Ryan Finley came in and it was completely dominant they had no chance at that point so I think that they if they wanted to do more they could have I mean they've proven they can score I was just excited that they weren't down and had to come back from 17 or 21 or whatever. And, and you know, and that's how they played it. No, they left it the defense's hands and they established an offense that was conservative. You're absolutely right. And that's that was their recipe for winning this game. I'm saying just moving forward, this offense might have to generate some more points in order to stay competitive in games, taking the turnovers out of it. But when you're when you're playing against Detroit and when you're playing against the Bengals who regularly give up 30 plus points and you can't ge- and you're generating 20, that's an issue. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I can't disagree. I mean, <laughs> they, but, uh, you know, I think they've put up points the last few weeks they just haven't won maybe this is closer to how we expected this team to be yeah yeah you're right at the beginning of the season you're right so I would much rather be this way the game manager Alex Smith hey he's right at home with that yeah all right well since Washington plays on Thanksgiving this week and you know, Noel has an entire week of, of Christmas lights. Uh, yeah, man, at his I've, got, I've got a full sl- full <laughs> slate of work ahead of me. I'm paid with turkey, and then I go out there in indentured servitude for three days. It's going to be great. So uh, Noel has made it clear he has no interest in doing additional podcasts. He's going to be indisposed at the moment. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll tweet from the roof. Maybe. Yeah, I'll do like the millennials do. If if Burrow can do it from a fucking gurney, maybe I can do it from a ladder. You better be doing it hanging from the ladder. That that would be the only way to truly from the strand that. that's coming down, like swinging like fucking Tarzan. You're holding on two handed, and then you put one hand down to tweet while you're doing it. Yeah, that'd be a beast. I want to see that. <laughs> so uh, Washington and Dallas are both sitting at three and seven, and tied for second in the NFC East. Jesus. And yes, I said that with a straight face. <sighs> 
But if Washington wins, little known fact here, this would be their first sweep over the Cowboys since 2012. So it's been a little while. This ain't your granddaddy's <laughs> Washington-Dallas Thanksgiving game. Yeah, this I, is, I don't know what. Before we start with the pregame. So now, this is what we have on Thanksgiving for this rivalry, right? Mm-hmm. They're called the Dallas Cowboys versus the Washington football team. That's correct. Okay. We've got two teams that are 3-7 and seven mm-hmm. that are battling for a division spot in one of the bigger rivalries in sports. That's where we're at at this point in time. This is what 2020 has brought us, everyone. This Fucked is what 2020 here. has brought us. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not going to watch the game. I'm, I'm excited about it. They are still technically playing for something. But does it feel right? Does it feel like a big Thanksgiving Dallas-Washington game to you? Well, in fairness, there haven't been that many. There's been the RG3 year and Kirk Cousins year. When I'm I not think- talking about where the game was meaningful, where it was playing for something. What I'm saying is when you would get up, for a Washington-Dallas game, Matt. We can pick the the Thanksgiving games apart. What I'm saying is, does it feel the same as your normal Dallas-Washington Thanksgiving game or just a Dallas-Washington rivalry game in general? Like I'm saying, like your granddad's freaking Washington-Dallas game. If They are laughing from above watching this. Or below. Or below. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's where I'll be watching from. <laughs> Well, I was thinking more in terms of Indian burial grounds. Oh, um, that's, that's right. I, that's right. <laughs> that's all I was getting at was that it's just it doesn't have that same vibe to me. That's all. Well, I mean, if you want to pick the games apart, fine. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just the rivalry in general, being on Thanksgiving, being Dallas. No, I, I think that the Cowboys-Washington rivalry is not what it was. It hasn't been that way in, in years. You know, and every year it seems to lose a little bit of its luster, and especially since it may be a name thing, since we're no longer the Redskins, maybe that has something to do with it. I, I don't know, but these teams are what they are. It's two, three, and seven teams, and I think it's more embarrassing than anything else because the NFC East is a laughing stock of the league. Maybe that's what's taken the luster out of it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I'll watch. It's football. You know, if, if I can make it through a Washington Bengals game, I can f- watch Washington Dallas. That's for sure. I'm not. I'm not that far gone. Yeah, I think it'll be all right. But um, the game's on Thursday at 4:30. Actually, the prime spot. That is the game on Thanksgiving. Buck and Aikman. Buck and Speaking Aikman. of guys that seen some Dallas Washington games, he was even laughing about it. They were they were doing the game on Sunday. He's like, "Yep, we'll be there." They were having a little joke about it. Uh huh. Nice. <laughs> Buck's such an asshole. But uh, uh. <laughs> hey, look. Amazingly, Noel. This is actually for first place in the NFC East. This game. I know. Yes, at least until the Giants and Eagles play, which obviously will change things on Sunday. But for a few days, one of these teams will be in first place. Just so you guys are aware, the Cowboys are two and a half point favorites, which is, I don't know, a little surprising to me. Well, they just beat Minnesota. Yeah, fuck Kirk Cousins, by the way. I was watching (laughs) that game and I'm like, dude, come on, Kirk. I said, come on, Kirk. I never even said that when he was the Washington quarterback. I know. I was rooting Kirk hard, and that fucker did what Kirk does. Couldn't put a drive. Flutters a ball on fourth down like to... God, you suck. But uh, but put up them stats, though. Had three touchdowns in the game. Had a nice little clean sheet. 
He fucking knows how to do it, man. He knows how to play them numbers. He's like Moneyball. But this year, though, he's not even putting up numbers. No, he's not. I think he might be done, which would be great. I just would have liked to him to just maybe help me out once. That would be nice. But okay, question for you. Not a part of the preview. I'm just curious. Alex Smith or Kirk Cousins, if you had to choose? Alex Smith, definitely. Really? Oh, without a doubt. Well, let's take away your hatred for Kirk Cousins. Well, and you'd kind of hate Alex Smith in a way as well. No, but... I hate the circumstance. Oh, my God. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. Okay. I- I'll answer your question in just a second. <laughs> my hatred was becoming less for Alex Smith until every fucking game now, they have to do this whole spiel on this dude again because it's new announcers every single time so if you don't say anything you're the dick it's the elephant in the room that they just have to get out to the point now that they're doing little montages with this asshole when he comes out onto the field there's alex again can you believe he's walking everybody can you believe it my god it it is an amazing thing stop and it's over it's over yeah if it's only its third start. How long do I need to hear about it for? I've been hearing You're going to hear a lot been, about it on Thanksgiving. That's all they're, they're going to have. They're going to be holding so on yes, to that. yes, I was g- becoming less on him, okay? It wasn't all his fault. What's his fault is, is that he was stealing from Washington. But I got past that because now he's playing again. He's doing what he needs to do. Hey, Rivera wants him in there. I'm doing my job. What do you guys want from me? So I accepted that. But now all of a sudden to hear all this stuff about the heart and the leg and his kids and his wife and every fucking time the guy throws a ball, I want to, I get it. Nobody gives a shit about Washington versus Cincinnati. Not even the people in those cities give a fuck about that game. So you have to find something, but my Lord, oh, it was exhausting. But back to your question about... The Kirk Alex thing, I'll take... Take your emotions away. I'm talking strictly play. That have played for Washington so far? I'd take... No, if Kirk Cousins in his current situation goes to Washington or Alex Smith stays in... Whatever. You know, I'm I'm just saying your emotional hatred towards Kirk Cousins. I'm talking strictly play. Oh, I would take Alex. Yeah? Yeah, just on the sheer fact that based on the way this team runs... Right now, with the defense and everything else, I mean, it sounds like they're starting to get a, a little bit of, of, like you said, what this team was supposed to be like. And I think that Kirk would just be Kirk. And yeah. you think the turnovers are bad now. And like one in that plus, mi- you're looking at that plus minus every game. That can go the way of the Dodo if he comes in. So I don't think there's any more hated quarterback than him. So yet, no, I can't take the personal out of it when it comes to <laughs> Kirk. <laughs> I was just saying, you know, play on the field, but I, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, I think Alex Smith, the leg is an issue. He's got drop foot, for God's sakes. But I still think he's faster than Kirk Cousins, <laughs> amazingly. <Yeah. laughs> well, one way or the other, I think Alex is done after this year. I, I don't see them bringing him back. I, there would be no reason to. There's no future there. Um, uh, and it, and if, they, it, if they do, they're stupid. Okay? If they do, they're really, really dumb. And whether it's Haskins or or whoever else they get, but there's no future there. They've got a young core of players. This D-line, they're going to lose guys over the next couple years. If they're trying to establish something long-term here, Alex Smith is not the answer. Well, that's for a different day, I think. But uh, let's talk about the game. So Way off track there. Yeah. Good job, Matt. I think off-season we'll we'll have that discussion. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Well, you know, as you know, Washington played the Cowboys in week seven and actually embarrassed them 25 to three, knocked out Andy Dalton. What do you think is going to happen in this game? I think Dallas is playing better. They're a better team than they were the first time that Washington played them. I mean, they're not as decimated on the offensive line. I think they moved Zach Martin over to uh, right tackle from guard, which has really helped them. Their running game looked good against Minnesota. And Minnesota's no slouch. I mean, we criticize Kirk and all that, and they are not the same team that they were last year. But they've still got some weapons on that team offensively and defensively, and Dallas won the game. They put up 31 points against Minnesota, which is which is impressive. Dalton looked good for Dalton, and I think that they are starting to put things together. Defensively, since the Arizona game week six, they haven't given up 30 points. Everybody criticized and laughed at this defense. They haven't given up thir- um, over 30 points since the Arizona game in week six. So I think they're starting to turn the corner a little bit. I'm not saying they're a good team or anything. I'm just saying this isn't the same Dallas team that, that Washington encountered the first time when they were in complete disarray. That team was a total joke. And yeah, they were decimated on the offensive line. And I mean, specifically, though, the defense was one of the worst defenses. I mean, if if you let Washington do that to you, especially the way that they were playing at the time, it's not like, you know, Washington was rolling on anybody. Yeah, that was Washington's coming out party in that game. I don't know, man. I'm this offense. We've talked about it before has more playmakers than I ever thought they would on Washington. The Cowboys defense is eh. They have more speed than the Bengals do, but I still think that they can do what they did last time. I don't think Cincinnati, yeah, their rankings aren't great on defense, but the last few weeks they've actually stopped the run and Washington laid into them with that. So I think Antonio Gibson is understanding his cutbacks a lot better. He's getting a lot more comfortable. I, I still think he's leaving a lot on the field. I mean, there's some open he's gaping holes. The week before that, they didn't do anything. No, I know that, but that wasn't his fault. That was just <laughs> because they were saying, getting blown up. Let's slow down because they, they all of a sudden had a decent running game that all of a sudden they've they've got it now. No, <laughs> I'm, not say, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that Cincinnati actually has somewhat of a decent run defense, and they did what they needed to do there. I still just think that Alex Smith is just the calming presence on this team. He's hasn't played in two years. He had a couple bad picks. You know, that Giants game was horrible. But like I said before, I think that if they can get closer to the team that we thought that they were with sound defense, keeping shit in front of them, even if they are playing Ben, but don't break, that's extremely frustrating to watch. But if teams are getting the ball out, if quarterbacks are getting the ball out quick, you kind of have to play that way. Well, Dalton's going to play that way. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, Dalton's going to play that way. And Ezekiel just had his first 100-yard game of the year, which tells you how decimated. I'm not a huge Ezekiel Elliott fan, but the guy's a good running back, and he can fall for 100 yards eventually. So with this offensive line, I think Washington has shown an inability to – we still haven't seen them do – extremely well against the run. Yes, they played decent against Cincinnati, but Cincinnati didn't have a real true... I mean, they were playing fucking P. Ryan and Bernard in the backfield. You know, it's not like they had some beast back there. So, Elliott can still run the ball, and he showed that he still has the ability to do so, and this offensive line can do it. So, they ran the ball well in, against Minnesota as well. So, it's two teams coming in kind of eerily in the same, the same realm of issues that are slightly improving on them. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Dallas's defense has taken more of a drastic improvement than Washington needed to. But it is going to be, like I said, predicated on 
what this defensive line and these linebackers can do against the running game because they haven't shown up for it in quite a bit. You know, it's weird. Washington has played the last three weeks played three running backs that with like personal vendettas against them. That's crazy. And I, huh? I thought for sure P Ryan was just going to go ape shit. You know, and then yeah, he ran for like 19 yards, he, but he was actually hit a couple runs. At no, first. no, I was he like, did. you got to be kidding me right it's, now. It's weird because I the last three guys that have played. I liked them. Mm-hmm. I liked these guys. I liked P. Ryan. He never really got a fair shot. He never did. He never got mm-hmm. a fair shake, man. I, I always liked him. I liked his style of running. I thought that he could do very well in certain situations, but he never got the he, he always got a raw. You know who we need to see next? Who got Who's a that? raw deal? Robert Kelly. Where's he? You know what? Ryan looked him up. He said, and he said that he said, "Where's Robert Kelly, Dad?" And I said, "I have no idea. I think he, I think he was at New Orleans or something for a season." But yeah, he's on the street. He's waiting for Walmart the Walmart reader. Yeah, he's working. He's a Walmart reader. He's waiting for the XFL to come back. Well, like I said, I just think that if they just stick to that formula of running the ball, hopefully it works. I will say this though. Yeah, Washington did not have the ball a lot in the first half against Cincinnati, but credit. To Norv Jr., he stuck with the run when they were even down, and it wasn't working in the first half. Maybe he's opening his eyes to what can happen here, and, and I think that Cincinnati got worn out by the end, and that's what I've been... I agree with that. That I yeah. do. I, I agree with. I think they got worn out on both sides of the ball, and I think that's also a reason why they got to Finley so much. In the trenches, Washington wore them down on both sides. I completely agree with you on that, and, and I think that they can do that again with Dallas if, like you said... They stick to their guns, stick to it. Peyton Barber even looked good on some runs. Yeah. McKissick. I mean, we don't just need to see Gibson run the ball. They've got a good combo of guys and a good variation of style of runners on this team that they can just divvy it up and divvy it up and come at them with different looks there. They're not all spectacular. They're not all great. Gibson's going to be the guy moving forward, obviously. But in the way this offense is right now, that trio of running backs, I like it. I like the way Peyton Barber runs. I think he should get the ball more, especially in situations where they're not really establishing a run. He's the best power back that they have. So I really think he should get some more carries and not just be that like goal line, short line guy. I think he can get them yards after contact, which is something that also they could use. Yeah, I mean, Peyton Barber could be the guy that if McKissick and, and Gibson are being successful, just kind of pounding a piece of meat. You know, it, right? It, getting it raw until yeah, who it, gives a shit? Yeah, he's not a long term guy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a long term guy anyway. Let him take the bruises. Yeah, and and then let him get them tired <laughs> and open it up for those guys. There you go. There you go. We figured out. The yeah, system we figured right it there. out. There you go. All right. Sorry, Peyton. You're a punching bag, dude. My fault. But yeah, so, um, I think that it's it's going to be your usual Thanksgiving game. It's going to be close. But um, I guess we can, you want to do some predictions or you want to try sure. to break this tie or we continue the streak of mediocrity? <laughs> mediocrity? We're far below that. Yeah, all. or whatever we are. Dog shit? <laughs> Sorry. It's trying to be positive. That's good. I, I don't we do had that enough, very much. We had enough positivity earlier okay. on. Okay. Yeah. Well, go ahead. What's your prediction? Since I got the last one, I'll let you do the honors. Oh, thank you. So you don't do it like golf where you go first off the honors, huh? Hey, whatever you want to no, do. No, no. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Okay. Because, I mean, we want to probably end this on a positive note. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I think that Dallas, I watched the majority of that game, and I think they figured some things out. And I think if Dalton plays well, I don't think they're going to be able to pick him apart and they're not going to luck out and get him a concussion again. So 
I think he's going to play pretty well. I think this defense has been figured out to a certain extent how to move the ball against them. And Dallas is going to win the game 28-21. to 21. Interesting score. Yeah. Because I have the same one. However. How, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a closer game than last time. Like you said, Dallas was in complete disarray before Washington looked like fucking Chiefs against them. So that's not going to happen. I think that Washington has seen, at least in their three victories, that if they stick to the run, they can be somewhat successful. It helps everybody. It helps defense. It helps them make less mistakes. You don't need Alex Smith to throw 55 times in a game. That's not the formula to win. So I think they're they're just going to simplify things going forward. And I hope that if it works, then they continue doing it, right? Just like the year with Gruden, with Alex Smith, when they were being successful, that that last game against the Bengals is basically a mirror image of yeah. what they did before and how they were at 6-3. and three. Yeah, just keep it simple, stupid. That's the formula yeah. for this team. I really believe that. And I don't feel like they have to get 100 sacks to win games. They just have to play sound, solid defense. They need to stop the fucking run, which they did in the last game. And you've got a much bigger task on your hands with Elliott coming up. They stopped him in the last game, but that doesn't mean anything because the offensive line. I just think that Washington will have a, a similar formula to the Bengals game, maybe get a couple extra big plays out of it. And like I said, win 28 to 21. Well, good. Okay. Hey, I hope so. I hope so. You know, hey, we're, we're playing for something here. We're playing for we, something. <laughs> we actually are. Yeah. You know, all you can hope for is games that matter in November and December. If they win this game, they're deep in it. Hey, said him it before, and Rivera, Ezekiel Elliott and Ron Rivera must be on the same page because they've both quoted basically the same thing. Elliott was asked about the division and everything else after the Minnesota win. We never thought we were out of it. Well, you never will be in this fucking division. You could drop dead tomorrow and you'd still like clear, clear, and you'd still you'd still have a chance resurrected as a goddamn zombie. This division's unbelievable, but hey, it's so just I'm embarrassed, but whatever. Hey, just got to get in the dance, right, Matt? Whoever just hits a little bit of a hot streak or not even a hot streak, a hot streak for the NFC East, like win, I don't know, two, two games, games in, in a row. row. <laughs> That's a hot streak for them. And, you know, the teams that have been sub 500 that have made the playoffs have won first round games for yeah, whatever reason. Absolutely. So, there you go. Well, come on. Uh, hey, man, I'm hoping for it. Get some turkey in me. Be done yeah. sitting on the couch, loosening my belt. Watch a little football team V Cowboys. <laughs> football team. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. We're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. Again, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook group, and our website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the game tomorrow, and hope you guys have a lovely Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.